So guys, I'm back with another podcast episode um, and it's a weird one because it's, I've basically made this into a special episode. Even though season one has finished, I thought I'd do like basically a Christmas episode, if you will. Um, and I'm joined with one of my favourite music podcasts, Don't Alert The Stands. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having us on. Um, unfortunately, Eden isn't here, but two or three of us are here today. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm brilliant, to be honest. Um, I, I'm just really excited that you guys are on because I like we've I think we've been following each other for quite a while. Both. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And, you know, you guys have some of the most amazing like music knowledge that of anyone that I follow, basically. And I'm just really glad that you guys are on. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Such a big compliment. <laughs> no, wow, that's an amazing thing to say. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I love, I love your podcast. I just, I, I really am I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Thank you. So in terms of 2020, pandemic aside, <laughs> because obviously <laughs> that, <laughs> that bit of the year has been absolutely terrible. Oh but um, music choirs, what are you guys saying? Chope, begin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been an interesting one because it kind of has kind of continued what I predicted would happen, that there would just be an over-influx of, art, of releases, EPs, albums, mixtapes. And it would be hard to kind of keep track of everything and also kind of give everything its true service in terms of actually listening to it and taking it in. So like, I can't really, I can say a lot of great music has come out, but I don't really know if I'm in a place to say that, you know, like, yeah, this was amazing, this wasn't that good. Because I feel like I listen to, to things the week they come out and then never again. It's like very rare now because it's just too much. It's just very mm-hmm. overwhelming. But overall, I, as always of every year, because, you know, with, if you know where to find it, there will always be great music. So once again, yeah, mm-hmm. of course, it's been fantastic, amazing projects that have come out. Even if I've listened to them once or twice, there's definitely been some which I can say, no, nah, that's a great project. That's a great artist that I want to check out more and do more research on, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I'd agree. I definitely think that this year has been nuts. And like I remember Chope spoke to Shante, Shante Joseph, a journalist um, on Noisy, just talking about the album cycle and the, out, the structure of albums right now and where we're at and there's definitely um so much in the market just because we're we're fed by dsps we're fed by um random surprise albums like beyonce obviously started that that trend um at larger music and i think that it's only continued as shoppe said this year in terms of the over influx of music but something that i'm really excited to see is like it's my brand if you follow me and stuff like that like the women in rap have really had their moment i've seen like the like of Lotto, um, Big Lotto Hustle this year to get her spot in the mainstream. I've seen Flo Millie do incredible things. Over here, I've seen Flo Ohio gearing up for a campaign, which is super exciting to see. Um, obviously, Miss Banks is getting some love in publications and stuff like that this year, so it's dope to see as well. Um, so there's there's incredible moments, um, but as Shoppe said, it's hard to pay attention to in a pandemic and as music is surging across the internet. And that's the only outlet we really have. We don't have live performances right now this year. We only have virtual equivalents. So it's hard to kind of really watch culture and music as it, as it happens. Yeah, I agree. Because for me, 
even even before the pandemic you know music was always being released at such a fast rate mm. but do it like during this pandemic it's like i have to listen to at least five projects nearly every week and if your music taste is diverse mm. it's just so hard to keep up mm-hmm. and, that's it yeah, yeah. so when I'm when I'm listening to like sometimes I can't even be bothered because I'm just like oh it, it almost feels like a chore rather than you know enjoying the one thing that I love most you yeah know, oh I have to listen one thousand percent I mean and I totally agree mm-hmm. so it kind of sometimes it kind of takes away the pleasure of enjoying music if you understand what I'm saying. Mm. I completely get what you're saying. I think there's like even a social media effect, like because I remember two music Fridays ago, mm-hmm. um, there was just this intensity of projects being released, and I remember like the timeline just going crazy for like, um, what have you listened to? What's this project doing? Deep dive dissections, reviews coming out. Obviously, I know some publications get it early, but like timeline reviews and like Instagram reviews and stuff like that, and it just felt a bit much and I feel like with the virtual thing like I was saying earlier my mind is kind of fatigued and I don't feel like I'm absorbing at the same rate that I've been able to in the past Um, and that's happened before pandemic as well but even now it's even harder to you know when you're listening to something great but you're like I'm not absorbing this in the way that I really would love to to really get to the grit of the project and what I love and dislike about it or what I can love about it in totality it's just hard to really dissect now yeah 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 go on I was just gonna say that back to the whole thing about it being a chore I kind of feel like when new projects come out even from artists like I love artists I love I feel like I can listen to it just so I can say listen to it rather than actually I'm actually just vibing so I'm, I'm rocking with it do I really fuck with it or not it's just so ah, I've listened to it I can do a retweet or two I can do a tweet or two I've mm. checked it out it's just more so kind of just be, t- be kept in the crux of the global conversation rather than I've actually immersed myself in what yeah. this artist has given me and like sort of the whole diversity thing like there's just so much and me like I like I'm a jazz head I'm becoming a bit of an instance fan now and you know there's just so much. <laughs> it's just so yeah. much. And then also, even like, we've had so many, and also I have a lot of my favourite Yippos have dropped this year. Like Jessie Ware, <laughs> one of my favourite white girls of all time, she dropped on um, an album, which which I love, but I can't really say it too confidently because I only gave it like three listens, but mm. I do like the album, but I haven't really had the time to. And she's someone that I love. Like, her first three albums, when they came out, I rinsed them. Yeah, because I felt like I, just, I was able to whereas with this I haven't been yeah. able to but I know this is a good album but I can't say it confidently <laughs> yeah it's so hard it's so hard especially when you're waiting for a project and it drops and you're like man I haven't even had the chance to really listen to it a good like I remember in the back in the day like you'd have to live with an album mm. era, you'd get a whole era and the only person or one of the only people this year um, or two people actually who have executed eras where I can really have been able to hone in and go back are Brandy and The Weeknd. Like, they've really executed two bolsterized eras and, and they've, they've allowed you to live with the music even, even in an era where it's hard to pay attention with the internet. They've kind of elongated their albums to give you that sense of, okay, get get a flavour of it in three months. Or oh, Chloe and Halle too. Still gonna be here. <laughs> Chloe and Halle are doing incredible things for the new generation as well. Um, actually, yeah, include include them too. But yeah, in terms of 
the fast food music some people have released two or three projects this year and it's like damn it this would be the year if any to just let us live with that one single <laughs> project trust me people are out here releasing like three eps and it's, just it's a lot music. but as 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 you know someone like her releasing a single every five five days <laughs> <laughs> but that one, yeah, i don't understand it because for me, basically, <laughs> that, you know, we don't have live music to kind of, you know, like, for, for it to be a bit more bearable. But now, mm. because they're not really doing anything, they're just at home in their studio, like, okay, do you know what, let me make music, or let me release this to get my name, you know, to, to allow my name to still have some sort of relevance. And... Even and I hear that, but quality control is a real thing. <laughs> quality control and it's having a, real a moment. Thing. And, and Shopee, you would know this, like really marketing a moment, you know, really executing a moment, not several bite-sized moments that aren't, aren't PR'd properly, you know, mm-hmm. or really, really have me, mm-hmm. media gravitas. Yeah. Because like that aside, in terms of, Obviously, we've 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 all said, you know, like you know, taking in music this year has been a bit much. But what are, in your opinions, albums this year that have stood out that have really grabbed your attention, despite the fact that you know it's a lot more harder to take in music? So, um, Shopee, I'll ask you first. Yeah. So, is this we're getting into our top five or just in general now? We can go in. We can. You, you can say the albums that you've that you that you've loved this year, but then you can also okay. offer that add. Okay, these are the five standouts in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. So on like a more general place, I can say other project. Actually, I did actually made an honourable mentions list because you know I'm organised. Hold on. <laughs> I love it. Where love is that list? Things. Yeah. So before I get into my top five of the year, other projects that I've loved this year are starting things off, Tom Mish and Yusuf Days were kind of music. Mm-hmm. They released a joint album mm. early this year. And to me, I've been following Tom Mish for about like six years. He's actually, we actually have a mutual friend. Like one of my best friends is one of his best friends, South London Stand Up. <laughs> so we actually have a mutual friend. And um and I've been a fan of them for ages because some like Nick knows that like, I'm a massive like uh Quasimoto fan, I'm a massive Dilla fan, I'm a massive Slum Village fan, yeah. like that's my bag. That um yeah. yeah. So like and I feel, and that's one of Tom's chief influences. And I kind of feel that as he got signed and started getting management, his music kind of became a bit gentrified and a bit sanitized and kind of just lost its seasoning and i actually heard from my friend that he actually agreed <laughs> he actually <laughs> felt the same and he said that this album to him is like his best work in since his mixtapes and i agreed to me like i felt like this was like it's an evolution definitely mm-hmm. like it's definitely like you know it's a different sound like it's a bit it's a bit darker it's a bit more raw and it really really hones in into like a real like Bootsy Collins kind of funkadelic vibe in areas and also has like this uh you know quite a bit of like uh it's more guitar led like he's obviously a guitarist but like it's more like a bit a bit harder but it's still very much like the core elements of what I love about him are there but it's just elevated rather than before where I just felt like he was just trying to reach the top 40 and BBC Radio 1 6 music so I really 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 enjoyed that project but once again I can't really say I, I really <laughs> listened to it but the five or so listens I did I I really did enjoy it. So that's one. Yeah. Uh, 
Secondly, another one I would say is uh, Tiana Majors at six and seven. Okay. Now, this I've actually played a number of times, but because it's not an, it's not an album, that's why it's not in my list. But um, I love this girl. I just absolutely love her to death. Just love her to death. Nick actually said, I think at the beginning of last year in 2018, Joppa, get into her. You'll like her. Yeah, and he was right. She's fire. <laughs> She's fire. Like, and also as me. As someone who loves singers and vocalists, she is like a baby Jasmine Sullivan to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so clear she studied Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And I love her. I love, I really love her style because we have a lot of R&B and soul singers now who are amazing, obviously. But she really has like a really classicist um, slant on things. Like the way her arrangements are and the way her songs are written. And even the instrument choices, like, you know, it embodies like a bit. It's like soul at the core, but like there's neo soul. There's like some Latin stuff in there. There's like some acoustic stuff in there. She's just amazing. And I loved her, her last EP. And this EP is just as good too. Like exclusively, I've rinsed how many times? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think she is, I think she's incredible. So I'll say those two for now before I go on a, on a rant. But my top five, and I guess you can ask me questions after that. So my top five, so number five, you know, Respecting Legends, hashtag Respecting Legends. Mariah Carey, the rarities. That's my number five of the year. You had to have Mariah in there. Of course, my girl came through. My girl came through. Number four, Whiz Kids, Made in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, another one of my favorite white girls, JoJo. Good to know. Um, secondly, an album that I feel like I feel like I'm the only person that actually care about this album in the world. Luke James is to feel loved. I feel like no one spoke about this album except me this year. I feel, I feel like no one spoke about it. But this album is crack. Like, Mean. this album is so good. See, as I'm saying, if so, and obviously, Amos has, you know, a massive following. So guys out there, Luke James to feel loved. Check, get your life. It's good. It was a good project. Luke James, I'm a fan of anyway. So I'm going to... Shope, yeah, no, honestly. He, Shope, didn't he get a Grammy nom for that? Yes, that was one of the few things that got right this year. <laughs> well, that was a surprise when I saw it. One of the Not few a surprise things in terms right. of quality, just a surprise in terms of the curation of it. Yeah. So he's he's one of the best R&B ever, and I'm so, so happy for him. I'm so happy for him because I'm just... Because I, I actually was surprised because even though I know he's kind of a a name in terms of wide entertainment. Yeah. I know he's not signed anymore and he's not really getting the, the same push he got when he was signed. So I was kind of a bit shocked that, okay, there's still some industry backing behind him because if there's mm-hmm. no hits on this album. He's not on the radio like that anymore, even though he should be because there's some great songs on here that definitely could be fit in that realm. But anywho, mm-hmm. number one, um, Chloe and Halle and Godly Hour. That's my favourite album of the year. Um, I just think the 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 transitions they've made into womanhood have been so natural and it's not been forced. It's been more seamless. Like it hasn't gone like so crazy Miley Cyrus or Christina Aguilera. It's like, yes, they're starting to have a bit more of a sexuality, a bit more of a maturity, but it's it's like, okay, but it makes sense for where you're at. It's, they haven't gone completely down the other road like some of these white girls, um, Miley, Demi and whoever. I don't know so them. You're basically um, not like very, you know, like Miley, Demi, I still see them as very Disney in terms mm-hmm. of, like, you know, very pop influence as mm-hmm. opposed to like, you know, Chloe and Haley. even though they have come from TV, they haven't, you know, they, basically they've, they, they've put all the influences into this album. So you can understand like where they're coming from in terms of what yeah. they're doing. And 100%. I think they've really, as you said, 
I feel they've transitioned into like, you know, just matured artists. And it's believable though. It doesn't feel like, ah, they're trying to be sexy. It's like, ah, they're trying to be a bit more dirty. It's like, yes, there's some, you know, they're cursing on this album, there's some swearing. It's like, okay, all right. But it's like, you know, it's it's tasteful, you know? Like, it's placed nicely. It's not just like, oh yeah, get me in the pussy. Yeah, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. It's none of that, you know? Which there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm all here for freedom of expression and free sexuality, of course. But mm-hmm. let it be let let it have some taste, some class, some nuance, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't let it just don't do it just for the sake of it. And I feel like they've done it very well. And also the we have to just talk about the production. Like these girls are writing and producing everything themselves. And these girls are producing better than half the industry. I'm sorry, the production of some of these songs is crazy. <laughs> it's is mad. Yeah. It's mad. And then also, back to the whole singer thing. Like, I, we always talk about, you know, those foundational vocalists, male and female, who are, you know, you hear their isms and other singers. Chloe and Halle, what my words, they're going to have their own isms in 10 years. Like, they already have their own vocal style. Like, the way they, they sing, the way they harmonize with each other, it's very, very, very unique. Very Even unique. the layering. Yes. Even though, at the same time, I can definitely hear they're inspired by the mental beyonds. I definitely hear some Beyonce isms in them. I, I hear Blanky as well when they're yeah. layering. I definitely hear, I hear some Sade in there. I hear some Enya in there. I hear loads of great. I hear, I hear Roberta Flack in, in Halle's tone, especially. I hear like Chef Faker in Halle's tone. Like a lot. I can just hear it all in there, but yeah. it's their own thing already. Two albums in. Mm-hmm. So those are my top five albums of the year. <laughs> very, I, I feel they're very good choices though. It seems as if like your taste is like very diverse, and I love that. Different. Kinds I, of- try, I try. <laughs> I try. I try. So yeah, I, I wanted. I, I wanted to make sure that you know different genres, you know, group solo artists, you know. So yeah, we, you know, we got some. Yeah. Amazing. Nicholas. So Nick, your top five, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like there's a trend in um in my choices in that a lot of them are shorter projects. Um, I feel like, except for um, K-Camp, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think this year can, being concise and um, having a cohesive album has been the top kind of tier markers for me, just because I'm a person that the digestion this year has been really hard to do. But um, saying that, there have been some great releases who have ticked those boxes and I'm... Um, I'll say that number five, yeah, definitely has been a repeat offender, K-Camp's Kiss 5. I think he's really been able to deliver a euphoric set that has um, allowed me to kind of hear the melodies um, in in his sound. And I think that he's someone who is kind of underrated, like he's had quite a few chart hits, but just doesn't have that profile or visibility of... um, a mainstream star. He's in the mainstream, but not like the A-lister mainstream conversation. Um, so I think he's been able to, with this project, just really harness the sound, prove that because he uh, had the song that went viral this year, Lottery Renegade, obviously the Renegade dance at the beginning of the year. And I think that on this project, he's been able to really show that, you know what, as an artist, I am way more diverse uh, than that project. And I'm not just giving you upbeat club records, which is a surprise because when I played this firsthand, I thought, oh, I'm going to need to be in a club to listen to this just because of the singles that I'd heard prior. 
but on um on songs like Black Man Don't Cheat or Black Men Don't Cheat, sorry, with Ari Lennox um, and Tink, and I think Black's on there as well. Um, he really showed his melodic side and he really showed that, you know, there is a very prominent trend in rap right now um, yeah. where people are blending R&B. And there's even a conversation as to whether rappers are becoming R&B musicians. Now that is for yes or for no. Um, I'm definitely on the no side because of vocals and stuff. Yeah. But he definitely was able to employ people who were able to give him the vocals in in place in place of um in place of himself. Jeremiah's on the project as well on One More Time, which was a great song too, and I loved Friendly on the project as well. Um, but I, I'll keep it concise and move on because as Shoppe said, we can go on forever. <laughs> but um, the next one is a very new one, and this just to me hones in on the fact that Toronto is a modern day R&B hub like it really is and there's so much talent over the, on those sides um, whether it's a songwriter whether it's a boy wonder whether it's a, a producer slash artist as well there are just so many talents who are rising to prominence but this this woman Savannah Ray on Opia she is signed to Warner Music Canada she is just so so phenomenal and she's given me the soundtrack to this winter so this project as I said on um I said on that's pod last week that it reminds me in places of Kalani just because she did work with the likes of Boy Wonder who was in the executive producer um seat in this project as well which was great um but she was able to really distinctively vocally um melodies and um production aside just showcase to me that she is an artist and her own right and not um inspired to the point of copycat like so that that was something really nice to see um on opia as well i think she's very much on songs like highly favored inspired by like spoken word and poetry which is really it's beautiful to see in a genre which allows it to to be given that spotlight so i loved it for that touch and i just loved her lyricism the pet the penmanship for all the people involved um, she's she's heavily involved as a songwriter across most of the songs. Um, it was just brilliant to see as well. So some tracks I'd shout out there are highly favoured, as I just said. Um, Sacred, which is the sixth song on there, and the title track, Opia. I just think she's got a beautiful tone. And she is someone who I would definitely watch in the R&B in, into the next, uh, the next couple of years, to be honest. Another R&B uh, act, I'll call them a duo, um, are they. They've been around for a while now, like a long while, but they released the Amanda tape, which is just cohesive down to a T. Like I played that album, I believe it's just over the 40 minute mark or just under it. And um, it felt like one holistic long song, but not long song in the bad way in terms of it didn't sound diverse or it didn't sound... Um, individual as the songs went on but it just sounded like they were from the same universe they existed in the same place they were really able to kind of take you on a journey and i miss concept projects so much so people who are able to kind of provide that they kind of take you through a moment of meeting a woman going through the rope sexually just typical r&b really and then ending off that relationship but they did it in such a millennial fashion um 
and they were able to kind of do it as Shopee said about Chloe and Halle but just in a really tasteful way which I really appreciated as well Wale's on the project Wale's always great with R&B in terms of he, he's a rapper that should really rap over R&B beats because he's just great when he does it and he complements this project really well and then obviously the go as a producer and artist Juicy J is here too he's just so oh, so diverse like team his team and himself are just super diverse as as a production house and um, powerhouse in the south as well so shout out to them um 10 songs long really easy to listen to i'd say conclude which is the end song mood swings and all mine are some of my favorites on that um moving into a very eclectic project duckworth released super good and i love this guy like to bits i think his visualizers just um from marketing perspective were they really thematically brought the project to life and this was a surprise listen I kind of saw it on my feed on Instagram I believe didn't even realize he'd released the project but had been a huge fan um and instantly pressed play and I was like there's so much elements of jazz in here there's elements of funk and I love when R&B artists uh, meld with the likes of funk. Like that's why I'm one of my favorite R&B artists contemporary, contemporary wise is Miguel. And um, obviously Prince being his forefather there. Um, artists that have really been able to blend into funk quite well. Hers done it too actually, um, tastefully, which is great. But this project is just magic. And I'd say out of the five, if there's any you go and play from me, after listening to this i'd say that is the top of my list um so yeah that is um duckworth super good uh and then leading into my final choice this got snubbed on every award show you can imagine but um rena sawayama her her project sawayama her debut was just an ode to the 2000s and really the blend of punk pop um, and rock all together, which was which was beautiful to kind of see her do. And I think her identity was um, brought onto the project and actually foreshadowed the moment that she had with um, the awarding bodies this year, particularly on home turf, not being able to get nominated. Um, so it was it was really unfortunate that she didn't get the love in that arena. But um, critically, this project has got a lot of attention, and I think that she has brought this project and era to life with her visuals um, and she's been one of the best people in terms of music videos this year too. So those are my top five um, personally as well. I think Giveon's done some great things as well this year um, as an artist. And I think that there's another artist I wanted to mention, Brie Runway has done some really good building. Nick's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> has done some really good building. It's crazy, like, I, I, I just wanted to win so badly. Just, I want to see a dark-skinned woman in pop. I really do. Yeah. I think she's the one. And shout out to Mobo. She got video of the nomination for Apeshit. Yes. Oh, Ape she hustled for that. Apeshit as a whole, visually, um, the music, everything about that song. It's probably one of my favourite songs by Brie Runway. Oh, for real, yes. One of our top songs. The production on that, I think Raph Riley, who's worked with Etta Bond, um, mm. did some production on that, which you can, you can tell, you know, is like his signature. But, you know, Ape Shit for me. Woo! Yeah. Damn, that was a single. That was a single and a moment. And just seeing her pay tribute to a Missy Elliott and that full circle moment for months later for Missy Elliott to end up on her EP, 
magical magical things than what you can do in this industry if you hustle and you're genuine as a, as, as a renegade in your own sound and visual you know yeah um so to touch on that um i'll be going into my top sides um Come on, this series yes. <laughs> i'm actually intrigued i'm really intrigued i'm gonna go number five this one yeah is <laughs> From me, I think people are going to be a bit shocked because this artist, I've always said, she's like Marmite to me. So she re- she can release a single and I absolutely love and then she can release a single and I absolutely hate it. But this year, I think she knocked it out of the park with this album. One of the best pop albums I've heard this year and that's Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. Okay. Album, yeah, I, I really loved it. I really loved the album. When I first heard it, I was like, oh my days. This ain't the Dua Lipa that brought an album in 2017. She's <laughs> Like, I was like, wow. And the thing about Dua Lipa, I've always felt that, you know, you get those manufactured pop artists where... Which she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not be around the bush. <laughs> she is. But, but sure. I feel like I didn't really look at her like that this time around. I think my perception of her changed because she really brought us like a cohesive, a co- cohesive album. And it's it, you know with with pop pop albums they can be all over the place, like really scattered. You know they can just put in this song just for the sake of it because it did really well. And but I felt there was like a consistent vibe to this album. And yeah, that was definitely one of my top five. Mm. Um, next was one of Chopin's favorites, "Made in Lagos" by Wizkid. Now, Come on, this there album, you go. And it only just came out, but I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I it's phenomenal. It is one of Wizkid's best albums, like today. Mm-hmm. It's much better than the last album he gave us. Whew. The last album, um, yeah, it was smelling, but you know, this one down to the features, Thames. I love her, I love Thames. I think she's got a beautiful voice. Tewa, Thames is the future, let's just say, Thames is a superstar. Tewa, love him. Um, Ella May's um, feature was good. Burner Boy's feature was good. Skepta's feature was good. Like, he got the features on point. And even mm. the songs without features. It was just a very... It, it, just made, it just made me feel good, you know? You know when an album just makes you feel something? And, and that's exactly what Wizkid did. And yeah. I think it moves away from, you know, the perception that we had of Wizkid as someone that... Very much like his last album kind of came away from his artistry but I think this Mm. album he poured everything into it you know he poured everything into it to define who he is as an artist and the artist that we all grew up listening to um Mm. and then number three is Cleo Soul's Rose in the Dark I love this that. is an okay. album which I've heard is apparently like the bee's knees, but it's it's once again an album that I've only heard once and I did like it, but mm-hmm. I just never got around to giving you repeated listens. So please oh. sell it, sell it to me, sell it. Yeah, I'm, I'm honest to God, yeah. You know, I I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I've, I very much love when artists just work with one producer. 
that's always yeah. been my thing where an artist can you know they can showcase that chemistry that with that one producer that they're working with and that's exactly what this album highlights is her partnership with this producer and Cleo's got a lovely voice like one for me like one of the best voices in you know soul R&B if you want to put in that category in this country and she's been around for a long time like, a long time a long time and this is this this album has been you know it's been a long time coming for her to really kind of staple her artistry within that scene and it's crazy like not many people talk about Cleo Soul because she, you know, her last project that she released, I think, was like in 2017. And then after that, she was just releasing singles. But this album got a lot of people talking, a lot of people talking that I wouldn't expect to be into that sort of music. The self-titled um, single on the album, absolutely amazing. It's like probably one of the best songs that I've heard this year. And... I'd put it up there with one of the best British albums that I've listened to in the last five years. Wow, that's wow. a big statement. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, you're giving it Quab's, you're giving it Quab's level love. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is he? When is he coming back from war? Because I don't know where he is. Well, I actually tweeted on the Dance Pod account a few weeks ago. I was going to say, Shope tweeted. Yeah, he called for him back. So <laughs> I, I just, I. I had a Quabs moment, I just played various songs, but and I told the story that I actually met Quabs two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At, um, my friend uh, had a screening for a short film and Quabs was there. And I came up to him like, hey man, love your music. When are you coming back? And like, oh, definitely next year, which would have been 2019. Uh-oh. We're now approaching the end of 2020. So <laughs> the words of Oprah, what is the truth? <laughs> Things change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all alive. <laughs> My guy said music's coming, but which I'm sure it is, but it'll be a thing where it probably won't it will just be like a D'Angelo, like you know, when it's right, it's right. That's yeah. when it comes out. When it's right, it's right. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll bang. I'm sure it'll probably be like the best thing ever when it finally does come out. I'm sure it'll be phenomenal when it finally does come out. Okay. But back um, to Clear Assault, as you were saying. Clear Assault, yeah. So I'm I'm done with that. Um yeah, I'm I'm done with the rose in the dark. Um, so I'm going to go on to the next album. I don't know if you guys have seen me talk about this girl a lot. Her name's called Biba Doobie. I have not seen her, like but seen I've seen her everywhere, press-wise. Fake It Flowers, listen. You know, this girl, she's 20 years old, but most of the songs that she loves and you can, you know, the influences in her music come from the 90s and come from around the time she was born. So she was born in 2001. The maturity in her sound to replicate that of the 90s and the early 2000s, especially in punk, rock, um, pop even, is out of this world. I don't understand how someone that age can grasp that so well and execute it with just... it, 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 It blows my mind how you know, she can make an album sound so great. She It's basically, you know, um, films like She's All That and um, 10 Things I Hate About You. So those rom-coms mm. from, you know, the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Mm. Get any of her songs and you can place it in there. That's what how kind of, it is. What kind of sound is she genre-wise? Because I've heard her name a lot. 
Um, What's the album called as well? I didn't hear it. Oh, Fake It Flowers. Fake okay, It Flowers. Thank you. Um, it, oh, th- there's just so many songs. There's a song called Care, which kind of sounds like... There's this song in Passport in Paris with the Olsen twins. And oh, come on. Classic Nickelodeon that, yeah. days. <laughs> she's all that. And it's, it's very An much... Iconic movie. Yeah, so it's I very much that, that, or that, that, kind of, that kind of sound. It's like, I don't know how to put it into words, but she does... So basically, she can give you Nirvana. She can give you Avril Lavigne. Hmm. She, can, she can give you different... You know, just different genre, different subgenres within a big genre. So she can give, she can give you the pump rock, she can give you the pop rock, she can give you like rock on its own. She can give you so many things. Um, but it, it was one of the best albums that I've heard this year. And she's, you know, everyone knows my obsession with Nao, and I say, yeah, you know, Nao is my favorite artist. But she's now joint with Nao. She's also my favorite artist. Um, it's yeah no because she she doesn't miss this is mm. in releasing eps i think she released like two eps last year which were amazing um and then she released her album this year with four follow-up singles prior to the album being released and i i'm still in awe because it's just you're speechless, I'm speechless. <laughs> no, honest to god like if you if you like that sort of sound I would suggest you go and listen to it. Yeah, I'm gonna press play. No, no, I'll press play. I'll press play. And, and she's and she's under the same label as um, Rina Sawayama. She's. Uh, That's what I was just gonna say. The fact yeah. that the fact that they are, um, the fact that I put Rina as like number one and the sounds kind of sounds adjacent in terms of what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah I definitely want to give her a play. Yeah, they here are like a black horse best independent label in the country to be honest with you is is they they just have they just they have two of the best artists in the country right now no i did not know the way i did not know the sound same label but like i said and and rena's another one she's Mm -hmm. someone that i've seen all about this year but i have yet to press play but i did watch her performance of jimmy fallon a few weeks ago and i was like oh the girl can sing okay yeah all right and then also I saw, I saw something that she's a lamb, so I was like, okay, she's all right with Mike. She's all right with me. Yeah, she yeah. has a good ear. She has a really good ear. She, yeah. She's definitely a fan of the older school, an older, older school um, act yeah. as well. She definitely no. knows what she's doing. And I'm loving that we're seeing um, different types of um, women of colour start to make it now. Like, we have some South Asians, some East Asians. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Starting to really... And their books, they're both doing really well, like I said. From a PR standpoint, I've seen B Bebo D. How do you pronounce her name? Bebo Doobie. Bebo Doobie. From a yeah. press standpoint, as a PR, I've seen her everywhere. So, like, I, I know this girl because I've seen her, like, on every m- newspaper, <laughs> magazine. Yeah. So Whoever right. her PR is, they're killing it. Yeah. yeah. And... Funny enough, that I was, I was even shocked that album was actually top ten. Yeah, yeah she's had she had a big moment. She's doing she well. She's year. doing well. That's absolutely crazy because she went on tour with um, Claro last year. Um, Claro from America, who's um, wow. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. They went on tour together, um, and she did her own tour this year. I went to her. No, not this year. Last year in, in December, um, and it was an amazing gig it just it, it was a it, you can imagine the sort of gig where there's mosh pits everyone's just having a nice time 
I even saw Arlo Parks there. It was it was just an amazing vibe. Um, but yeah, she's one to watch, I feel. I feel she's gonna break America because she was on Jimmy Fallon's um yeah, she was she was she played um her song Care on Jimmy Fallon's show last week. So that is someone that I feel is gonna be known on a global scale in the She next- definitely has the look yeah. and like oh. the, the genres that she's kind of uh in against like the marinating together it definitely fits where we're at we're in a period of nostalgia of that point in time so it's definitely she slots right into that that moment yeah do you know what i feel like it's like you know paramore when they first came on the scene they were very much just well obviously us brits love them but (laughs) i feel what really put them on the map was when they got um that twilight slot when the code just blew up like mm-hmm. that was the song that put oh, me for sure. i think for sure. doobie that's gonna be her like i think that's gonna be her breakthrough moment where there's a song that she'll release or a song that's you know on the album and it gets so much traction that that's the song that puts her on a map globally and as you said she has to look well, if her, if her team is smart, what they would do is get her into film soundtracks when cinema reboots exactly. itself. Exactly. No, it's that's a good that's idea. Good. I think I love that you said that. I love you said that because that instantly reminded me of the weekend earned it because that was the song yeah. that single handedly changed the trajectory of his career. Yes, the, the way the reason why he's doing so well now is because of earned it. Yes, that song changed everything for him. That was the one song that steered the direction. Soundtracks soundtracks are a way to get you into the pop universe and pop is in mainstream without people even knowing it. Yeah, and, and that's what I was saying. I said, Biba Doobie, not only does she remind me of music that I grew up on, but it's also, I think, of films, television, mm. magazines, like everything. is is her, her sound has, it's, it's not only music, but there's a culture out there, if you understand yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I get you. She she could yeah potentially soundtracks would be an amazing way to go, because I remember I was I was messing around with her songs and old films and they slot in perfectly. I was like, why? Like care? She has this song care. People say it may, it reminds them of like Disney original movies. You know, in mm. the beginning of the films where they're jumping around on their bed. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, like for example, like Camp Rock. When Demi Lovato, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can slot in perfectly. Or Vanessa Hudgens in Martin Hasker exactly. Musical. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of um, <laughs> it's that kind of um, sounds that she gives. Um, but um, let me move on to my number one album, which dun, is dun, dun. one of Nick's favorites as well, which oh. is Sawayama by Rina Sawayama. Yes. Yes. She is. Yes. <laughs> One thing I look up to her is the fact that she's also queer. And I love that. You know, I I love how she's so open about it. And she kind of projects that through her music. But this was an album. I... (sighs) (laughs) It's a lot, right? I'm dead. No, it's a lot because... I've been listening to Rena for a very long time. She has this song called um, Cyber Stockholm Syndrome. That was one mm. of the first songs I listened to by her. And that was many years ago. And at this time, she was very much independent. And 
I, what really blew me away was when she went on tour with Years and Years and yeah. her man, this, I was looking at her, yeah, and, and someone recorded the performance. I was like, this is a true pop star. She can dance, she can sing, she can perform. I was like, honest to God, yeah, we don't have these kind of pop stars in, the, in this country. Anymore. Three runways. Three runway ugh, defines pop that I grew up on anyway. Not this new era of pop, but she literally, I, I don't even know what it is about Rena. The album, as Nick said, her influences jammed packed into this. When I listen to Comme des Garçons, yeah, I think about, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. When I listen to Excess, I think about the same thing. And it's, it's just, oh man. I don't, I Do you know what it is for me? Someone who likes getting into um, foreign films, right? Or films not from the UK as well. I just love the the East Asian region, right? And then really unpacking that cultural canon. And I think that what Rena has done on this project has really just unapologetically lived in that and lived in that kind of dual narrative of being from Japan, but um, existing and growing up in Britain and having that that complex reality of being in no man's land, almost like not embraced here, not embraced there. But she then finds this self-identification and really... um, finds love through friendship and finds identity through friendship and like her her kind of self-love as well that's what i loved about it i love the themes the themes on that album yeah. it's beautiful bad friend was really good powerful super powerful, powerful song like that yeah. that the the sonics on that record just or it almost made me emotional listening to it about even a visual um mm-hmm. before she released anything it just kind of made me like, wow, this is a nice I have to sit down and really listen to because she she makes you feel, and there's a yeah. there's a lack of that in today's music in some in the mainstream music of today. Yeah. But even it it goes down to the visuals as well when she says one of her favorite video producers is Hype Williams, and I feel mm-hmm. it XS literally highlights that of hype williams it's yeah that was an ode that was definitely an ode. yeah it is different like i you know one thing that you know back in the day that really drew me towards songs was always the music videos like that's how we got to listen to our music was watching music videos all day you know yeah. these songs and we don't really have that anymore because you know you know it's a new era is that you know the new digital age and everything but when someone takes their time an effort to give us visuals that reflect the song. You just have to applaud them, and that's what she's done with all the all all the all the videos that she's released with, with these with these singles. But that mm. aside, I just have to give it to her. Like you know, Nick saying, I think she's been done. You know, she, she's she's been done dirty in terms of like you know. The Grammys. I think there was a lot of like stands who were absolutely outraged that she didn't get nominated by at least one. And yeah, I I, I feel like she deserves it. She she deserves her flowers for giving us like one of the best albums this year. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think it's um it's a shame that she is ineligible for like not only the Brits but the the Mercury Prize as well. That that was an ugly moment. Yeah, that was um, bad. this year. It was a really ugly moment. 
total and um anarchic almost these these institutions are i'm tired of them which we'll get into on our next episode but um it's yeah like do you know what i mean like i'm kind of like she will this project will stand the test of time i feel like in in terms of what this year represented in terms of pop um albums already pardon you think it's a classic already I don't think it's a classic, but I think it will definitely be remembered in just this year, just in terms of the power on this island and like what was released this year. I definitely think she stands a chance of being remembered in that sense. There are some projects that aren't even seen as like um, as like award winning albums and stuff like that, but that still get the kind of they still encompass a moment um, and become zeitgeists almost. So we'll we'll see what happens with this one but i think she definitely where a debut album is concerned she left it all she left it all on the table for herself so congrats to her yeah um so just before we wrap up we also talked about who we feel would break through next year and and who has built their foundations this year for them to then progress into 2021 as probably one of the most talked about artists. So who do you see next year being that? Stop it, do you want to start? Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start off with, uh, we, I've mentioned her already, but Tiana Major and I definitely think mm-hmm. she's gonna have a great 2021. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Secondly, Nick has mentioned him, um, Giveon, but I'm gonna go further and say that I feel that in terms of the what's funny? No, just I just know that you're gonna give him his flowers. So I'm just like I'm waiting. <laughs> so so give you on to me, um I kind of feel like when it comes to you know the R and B space in America, like okay. we definitely have prominent women like on the niche and on the so so called mainstream, but we don't really have male R and B artists that are really penetrating in the same way. Like you don't really have any male stars. And I feel like Lucky Day is going to become one of those. Daniel Caesar, love him or hate him, he has become one of those in the last few years. And I feel like Giveon is definitely next in that line. I definitely yeah. feel like Giveon is going to be a star. And what man stands out about him is that he's a baritone. Like, yeah. it's like, how often do we, no, nothing against, you know, our tenors out there, you know, we love everyone. But his voice makes him stand out amongst everyone. Like, yeah. everyone. Like, songs or not, but like his tone, his voice, is so unique for today. Like we don't have anyone that sounds like him. And then the fact that his songs are so heartfelt and so beautifully written and so impassioned, then you can also kind of have these really kind of like nicer, more contemporary songs. Like I love The Beach. Like I love how he kind of has a bit of a 2020 flow, even though he's clearly like a, he's a bit of an old soul. So give you on, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to go to the UK, Jules. Now, some may look at me and think, why are we saying him? Because yes, he's obviously you know, produced for like, you know, WizKid and Burner and whoever. But I feel like as, a, as Jules is the artist, we don't really discuss him enough as the artist. And like, he has been dropping heat on his own for a while. And he drops two brilliant EPs this year. So he dropped... Um, Fufu and Grits with Shango from Soul Election, who I love. And he dropped Happy Place, which if they were, if they were, if my list was going to be inclusive of everything, they probably would both be in my top 10 this year. But because I know albums are not, but both these projects are incredible. I just think he is such a, such a innovative 
artist. His sound is just so, so, so cool. And he really brings the best of the diaspora, but really mixes it well with the sounds of today. And he's just like, like the reggae, the high life, the hip life, the Afro beats, the Afro beats, the R&B, the grime. He's just, he's phenomenal. There's even like some essay, South African house vibes on some of these songs. I think Jules, the artist, is someone we're going to hear about. Yes, we know him for producing for like Goldlink and Masego and mm-hmm. Kojo Funds, whatever. But I think 2021 is the time for Jules, the artist. Um, so that's him. Who's the other two I had in... Uh, who else, who else, who else? Uh, Kadeem Tyrell, he is one of my favorite UK R&B artists. I think, I think he's just so, so dope. Like he's kind of like a, a soul action guy, but music soul child guy. But he's also a bit of a case guy. He just kind of was like the best parts of R&B throughout the ages to me. And I love, I love his voice and I love his arrangements. I love the way he arranges his vocals. I think his tone is so sweet. So, so cool. He's such a crooner. And it sounds like, not to be generic, but it's just a fresh sound. Like, you know, like it's just fresh. It's just very, it's very steeped into the now, but still very throwback. Like he, not everyone can strike that balance, but he has. And I think, well, I know we've got an album coming out next year. And um, I've heard like, you know, some, some features that will be on there. Won't we say who they are, but ha, look out. <laughs> so again? That's an exclusives. Yeah, so Kadeem Tyrell, and then lastly, I'm going to go to this artist called Fatuma Tadewara. So she's um uh, a folk singer from Mali, and she's you been releasing... The Closures album, there. Yes. Yeah. Good. See, my girl knows. Yes. <laughs> so, she's, so she did two songs of Disclosure this year. Yeah. And the reason why I'm mentioning her is because I've just seen it, I've seen a push for her. So at the beginning of the season, she headlined the show The Roundhouse, which I thought was quite amazing. Headline, not open. Headline, her show at the Roundhouse. And then, of course, she did Colours at the end of last year. Yeah. And then she featured on Disclosure's album. And I've kind of, she actually remixed one of her big songs called, I'm not going to pronounce it because I'm not from Mali, but, and I don't know what she's saying on it, but it's a banger. <laughs> but, you know, let me pronounce it. Let me try. Let me just spell it. N-T-E-R-I-N-I. Whether that, however, however pronounced that, the Marlians listening out there. She remixed that with some of my favorite producers called Sparrow and Barbosa. And I see that she's really, really experimenting with mixing her folk alternative sounds with like contemporary house music and dance music. And I feel like that's a, a blender we've not really seen. And I think that that's going to be a vibe she goes into with her next project. I, so I think we're going to see that. And I, and I said before that I'm loving that when I was starting to see African artists who aren't Afrobeats starting to break through and I think she's definitely going to become that now that she's got colors behind her she's got amazing press off the back of the disclosure features and so I said so she's going to be uh she's going to be one to watch I feel I feel like she's going to be at the cool festivals and everything she's going to be getting the cool press as well you can see her in the face you can see her in the times you're going to see her loud and quiet the quietest so yeah she's there so she's someone that guys you may not be aware of but definitely google her like her album Fenfo is amazing, and her other album Fato from 2011 is amazing. And of course, check out her songs of Disclosure, which are amazing. Ultimatum, and um, um, uh, what's the other one? What's it called? What's the other song they did with? with she did Disclosure. What's it called? Oh yeah, Duha, Mali Mali. Okay. So yeah, those are my five. That's interesting. It's it's very, again, diverse. Thank you. <laughs> Nick. 
Hello. Um, so, great list, first of all. Uh, shop a very, very strong list. Um, I'm excited for all of those cats in there, uh, particularly, obviously, Giveon as well. I think he's going to do incredible things. Um, I think with my list, uh, these, yeah, these artists are just, they're just fire for me. Um, as I said, I'm just going to start with someone who I've mentioned already. Um, Savannah Ray, I just think she'll really come into her own and come to identify what's happening in Toronto right now. I think releasing a strong body of work with no flaws, in my opinion, on your first go is crazy to me. And I just think that her momentum is only growing. She regularly gets, obviously, the prime time equivalent of Times Square um, in Toronto in terms of her single rollouts. She's working with incredible A-list producers like Boy Wonder, which I just think will continue to take her to the next level. Um, and fundamentally, I think she stands out in an era of R&B that's becoming quite formulaic and um, quite uh, missable in some cases some sense we are we have great r&b but i think there's some people that follow the formula a little bit it's kind of like drill in the sense that there's great drill out there but there's a lot of people who you mm -hmm. can tell are just mm -hmm. jumping on the trend because mm -hmm. it's hot and, and afro beats as well and afro beats as well and afro swing and the thing is with um with R&B, it's not that it's hot right now, so people are jumping on it, but I just think okay. people don't know how to find their identity in the sound. So we're relying on things such as samples or things like as intonations or just very formulaic, similar approaches to, to artists we've seen before or artists that are prominent right now. Um, and it's becoming quite lazy, but I think Savannah Ray, as I said, like the stuff, uh, the the lean into poetic lines or runs and the lean into more spoken words and, and just kind of focusing on her lyricism, I think it's her biggest identifier here. And it's kind of the thing that's made me fall in love with her. Um, so that's number one. Uh, definitely get into Opera as well. And her visuals are great too. Um, another visual artist who's won me over as the year has gone on and just really made me believe in him really made me believe in him beyond what he's done back of house his scribs riley and i just think that oh. he he is someone who is thinking in five years he's not thinking of 2020 he's thinking of 2025 mm -hmm. and you know if you don't know who scribs is you should because he's been grammy nominated and won twice he's um done work with her he's done work with khalid he's done work with chris brown he's done work on black panther he's everywhere right now cardi b's invasion of privacy at big staple projects in the last couple of years he's been a part of okay so he is here um but musically i think he's been able to really step out and show me as an artist who knows his sound, you know, that, that isn't reliant on what he's done before to kind of, again, as I said, jump into the formula, jump into the kind of formulaic stuff. But he's really honed in on his visuals. On East Side was the song that won me over, which was released at the top of the year. And we were talking about eras. Talk about introducing yourself to the industry. He released at least three singles. Um, impressed me with Heady One. He debuted his range there. And Heady One, obviously, um, as you both would know, um, is very much an artist who has grown in his self this year as well in terms of what he's recorded and last year as well with the likes of Fred again too and just tried different sounds out. I think with Scribs, he really um, added to what was quite a melodic future-facing record. Um, and he, 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 I want to hear on more productions like that. So Scribs mm -hmm. being able to take artists into his universe and make them sound great 
is just incredible and a testament to his ear. Um, so obviously, yeah, he's really rolled out his era um, incredibly. Mandy is one of the best songs in the UK of this year, in my opinion. I just think it's um, it's so infectious. It's so it's so catchy, but catchy in a real way, not not a catchy and just an intentional chart kind of way. Um, I love his album artwork for um, Wish Me Luck. I'm definitely wishing him luck because I want him to be here. Um, the song, the funniest thing is the biggest song on this record is the one with Black in terms of if you look at it on paper level, um, Dim My Light. Yeah. That song's not my favourite. That I didn't need that. That's the thing. He, I didn't need that record. And the thing is, I love Black. Black is an artist who knows his sound and he's very intentional and he, he's, he's made his own lane. He's here. He's here for the next couple of years. But in terms of this, the fact that I could throw him away and this would still be on my rotation is nuts. That to me, to me personally. And I just think that Scribs is so diverse so diverse as an artist and i think he's diverse in a way that doesn't scream i'm trying to compete for different audiences but in a way that this is my ear and this has been harnessed over the years um and i just love what he does with auto-tune he doesn't need it because i've heard him like sing live and stuff but he doesn't need it but i love how that the fact that almost like a t-pain he can rely on that because he can sing anyway and just use it as a vehicle rather than the destination so i I love I love script. I think he's he's definitely here to stay. I'll move really quickly because of time. But um, do you people know I did the cover story with her? But just beyond that, I've I've been a fan of hers for, for since she's been here. Really, who is uh helping the, the South to really regain its resurgence in hip hop? But she doing it in a fun animated way her kind of cheerleader rap almost approach in some places her her lack of care for what people think her lack of care for what men think and I just think her she's just fun like she reminds me of if Rograts had a soundtrack she would be on it without the um, swear yeah. words and stuff because yeah. it's super fun like as told her in space she's so cartoonish and animated and not animated in the Nicki Minaj blueprint but um kind of animated in her own way and it's just it's so fun it's so fun and I love her puns um yeah she's 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 going clear and the way her label prioritized her this year I can tell you that this was not a cover story in August they made it a cover story um she's she's the future she's in a similar vein, another dark-skinned woman who I want to see win, um, Brie Runway even, she, uh, we've given her our flowers all episode, she is the definite pop in the future. Um, visually delivered, hustled, got that MOBO nomination um, when it wasn't really there for her. Let's um, and she did really well and an artist that i'm going to rep jamaica um be um he he's done back of house work for the likes of um travis scott but i want to i want you all to get into his 95 ep because the way he blends dance or trap and soca you you don't even um, 
you don't if you like Travis Scott um, tightly lipped I heard a preview on Clubhouse the other day actually and he yeah 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 that's all I need to say just watch this space because yeah if you're a fan of Travis and that that whole world that trap world this this is going to slap you left right and center so those those I love that five man what what are yours oh so to wrap up mine uh so number five i think this will this is gonna be a bit like i don't know if you guys will agree but sg lewis i love sg i put him I, on I um my hype beats column yeah he's he's dope. He's, he's a great producer he's a very good producer and the reason why i think he's gonna I, you know very much in the uk we all know who sg lewis is He's a fantastic producer, has produced <coughs> some, like, he produced one of my favourite songs um, five years ago, which was his own song, but it was with J.P. Cooper. That was a song that really made me fall in love with him. Um, but he's been working with so many great artists um, this this year. He works with Khalid and Victoria Monet. He works with Lucky Day. He produced um, something on Dua Lipa's album. I think he produced Hallucinate. And he's getting, like, and he even um, worked with Chad Hugo um, from The Neptunes. So I think he's becoming more and more, like, he's immersing himself into the pop world, immersing himself with, you know, these pop artists. And he's, I think he's releasing an album next year. So I want to see what he does with that. I think he can become, you know, I won't say, I won't put him like on the disclosure level just yet, but I think he can get there because his music has improved. I wouldn't even say improved. I'd say his music has become more well-rounded than it was before. Um, Yeah, so that's SG Lewis. Number four, Thames. I love Mm. Yes. I love yes. her. Thames, I, ju- I just love her. I think we can all say that. I think Strong all choice. of us, we album, love her. Album was amazing. Her features this year have been amazing. Um, That's all whiskey. Hey. Hmm. It's beautiful. She has, you know what, yeah? Her voice is unique in a way. It's like... It is, it's very unique. Yeah, you know you get like, people who can sing in you know as a Nigerian I grew up in like white garment church for like 15 years and the choir like they have amazing voices but it's very unique it's not like American soul you know church type voices but Mm. it's got that I don't know, it's, it's, it's got that African sound. I know exactly what you mean. As a, as a fellow Nigerian, I know exactly, exactly. what you mean. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very distinctive, but you don't hear voices like that, you know. Mm, mm. So, yeah. And especially such contemporary sounding production. Exactly, exactly that. It's, it's just, it's, it's mad. I, I, just, I just love her. She's amazing, yeah, I stand. I think she's going to do well um, next year. Um, another artist that I, uh, I've just fallen in love with this girl, and you know me and R and B in the country in this country, I'm just an advocate for it. But Bella, I, uh, I used to work with her. Oh, briefly, Nick knows. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Nick, Nick actually did an interview for me for her last year or two years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her, for her growth. I'm happy for her growth. I I I I'm impressed by her voice because you know you get in in the UK is is kind of distinctive. You know some sounds within UK R and B is distinctive, and it's not like your usual R and B. But with Bella, she can easily cross over. Mm. She has a single called "If I Were You." If I was to hear that in America, I'd be like, yo, this is an American artist. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not mm. saying that she's, she's like a copycat, you know, but it's very much like how, you know, when LMA brought out Booed Up, that was, it wasn't even one of the biggest songs in America. It was actually one of the biggest songs globally. And mm. obviously it's very hard to make that transition from, you know, the UK to America. But she's doing that by working with, you know, American, American producers. I think mm. she, you know, on that song, it's an Alexander Lewis production. And, you know, I, I just feel she's going to get her flowers. The EP that she just dropped, impeccable. Yes, Absolutely. it's really good. And her last EP was good too. Yeah. The other one. Yeah, her last EP was Peanut good. Peanut Hazel, tune. Yes, very good. Um, second is... You guys is um, one of you guys' favorite. It is also Give On. Come on. Um, Give On yes. is, is so funny because I discovered Give On in like 2018 and he'd released Garden Kisses. Garden yes. Kisses. yes. That was my introduction yes. to him too. Yeah. Yes. It was so, yes. it came up on my Spotify radio and I was like, what the fuck is this black magic? How is his voice? <laughs> the sample is um what's that song is lady that song i think it's is lady or yeah it's lady but it's like an old um a, a very old like dance um pop song in i think it came out in the uk it was very popular in the uk in like the 90s early 2000s um but that sample is is an amazing sample um and yeah so Give you on just watching his journey, watching his journey, and then him releasing more songs, and then um, you know the snow um, co-sign that happened. Yes, he on yes. And he's he, he's developed really well in the last two years. He's really developed, you know, very well in the last two years. He hasn't lost his sound at all. And obviously, the Drake co-sign did wonders for him. Um, yeah. 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 So Giveon is, as you guys say, you know, you have a lot of female R&B artists that are, you know, they're very much in your face and we know them as the biggest acts within R&B. So your Summer Walkers, your Kehlani, so on and so forth, but we don't really have, you know, much males. So, you know, you have your Giveons, your Daniel Caesars, your Sirs, and I think he's going to be probably one of the biggest artists in R&B in 2021. I, I 100% agree. An album. His trajectory's there. The trajectory's yeah, there. exactly. I feel like an album will come out. And I feel, I feel like he's going to be almost, you know when SZA got like nominated for like four Grammys and when her got nominated for like five? It's a big statement, but I feel like that's going to happen to him. He's a Grammy nominee, yeah. I believe. 
Uh, yeah, he's nominated. He's right. nominated for best R&B album, I believe. See? Yeah, but my guy Luke James. <laughs> when he re- when he releases that album, like that debut, I think it's going to be mad. I I think I I I, I just know that's going to boost like his status. Like, he's going to join the stable of Lucky Day and her as being the Grammy's favorite to nominate. And Daniel um, Caesar. Yeah, the, he's exactly. going to. He's the, the image is there. Epic are going to do a great job. They already are. Um, so we'll see, but I definitely and, see it. Mm-hmm. And also, he's he's a he's a good looking guy. He has the look. Like he's Ooh. definitely going to have that the sex appeal for the women and the queer men out there. So. He's, and I, and he's got you know he's you know he kind of has like got that old school gentlemanly kind of look like you know he wears these oh, nice like God. nice blazers the neck like yeah, yeah. Oh. like I really feel like he's gonna be a throwback to yeah. like the days of like a Barry Whites and your oh. Luthers and your Freddie Jacksons but obviously more of a contemporary sound but like yeah. that's the kind of tradition but I see him. yeah yeah I see him as like personally, a, personally, the lover man I definitely. <laughs> I definitely feel like you're talking about love. Um, I'm just looking at his Instagram. I definitely think we're getting another Drake and Give You on collaboration on Loverboy. I'm sure we are. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for Only just because I want Drake to just, um, I want people to know who he is. So Drake's audience, please stream everything Give You on does. Make him blow up like seagulls. Like like everything went outside, outside. Please. Yeah, I mean, he got he got the um, new music Friday in um, Times Square. He's he's gone clear, man. It's done. Uh, yeah. It's written. Yeah. It's written. Um, last but not least, this one, it's a matter of opinions. I think you guys, I, I don't know if you listen to her music, but I, I love her. Um, and that's Alex Isley. Um, okay. Eden loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah Eden, Eden loves her. Alex, yeah. I, this is a woman who's been around for time. Like, I, I, I ugh, she's she's been around. I'm 27 on Monday. I think she's been around for maybe a decade, and it's only now that she's starting to get her flowers. The songs that she's done recently, so Gone, um, Good and Plenty, Mine was just released um, a couple weeks ago. These are the three singles. And then she also had an EP with Jack Dine called, um, I think it was called Walton. These are songs which are doing so well streaming-wise, as opposed to her old EPs. Now, the reason why I feel she's going to get up there and she's going to, um, I think she's going to be more known and I, and I think she's going to be amongst the names as one of the best females in R&B is because of the of the producer that she's working with and also I feel like her music has I think she's like transitioned into that sort of artist where she isn't just appealing to one crowd within R&B so before it was very much like neo soul and soul music but now it's like she's joining her counterparts and jack dine i don't even i don't know if you guys know this producer absolute ah I, I can't even he, he's just he's just an elite producer probably one of my best producers in r&b right now and they work together on a lot of songs and i think jack dine is probably now 
that producer that she goes to for that magic. And she's got a song, it's Good and Plenty is her, Jack Dan and Masego. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, probably top five songs of the year for me is in my top five songs. When the Spotify, um, what's that thing that we we get at the end of the year? Oh, Spotify Wrapped. Spotify Wrapped. She's going to be there. She's going to be there as as probably top artist. And Good and Plenty, Gone, and mine will probably be in within the top three of, of my Spotify Wrapped. Because, I, I don't know, I think you guys should go and listen. She's got an no. amazing voice. No. Eden has spoken about her. My friend Adi, shout out to him. He's a massive fan. And I actually have heard one of her songs. She has a song called About Him, I believe. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was a great song. So, and also, I know, obviously, she is the, the daughter of one of the Isley brothers, you know, Respecting yes. Legends. I love them. Exactly. So, I can't imagine. And I love the Isley brothers. Like, love the I Isley love brothers. Them as well, yeah. so, so, I'm sure that the offspring must be just as good. Yeah, no, she... Um, next year, I feel like she's definitely going to break through. With the, with, and especially the, at the rate at which, you know, the streams are rising, as opposed to her last EP, where her last EP, I don't even think per song it was clearing like a million, but Gone, a million. I think it's, it's more than a million now. Good and Plenty was released after Gone, and that's on like five million right now, which is mad. And then... Um, Mine, which he released with Jack Dine a couple of weeks ago, I think that's more than a million right now, which is, is which is crazy, especially for an artist that isn't really there in R and B just yet. But yeah, those mm. five artists to break. That's through. incredible. Great list, guys. Great list, guys. Great lists. Yeah. Great list too. Perhaps the three of us should come back next at the end of next year and see how well they did. Sure. Let's, do, let's do this next year. 2021. Yeah, see like how they're they're doing. But um yeah, I mean we've I, I remember I was um messaging Nick, I was like, Yeah, it's gonna be forty minutes, like just forty minutes. It's been a Oh the, you <laughs> haven't you, you haven't done a lot of the stands on that's never gonna happen. We like to talk. <laughs> no, I love it. I I love I love the way that you guys the conversation has, has been amazing today. And I love having music conversations with people that know their stuff. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, this has been this has been fun. This has been fun. And um, I'm so happy for everything you're doing. Like, you know, always I've been following you for a few years. So, like, I know your music taste is obviously A1. And your knowledge is A1. So I'm happy to see you transition into the podcasting world. And, you know, I'm in awe of the, the guests I've had already. Like, you know, M&EK, Shea Universe, who I love. I'm just like, come on. Yes, we'd love to see it. Yes, come on. Come on. But, yeah, um, to wrap up, um yeah guys your socials if you want to do you want to do it separately or do you want to do it as a podcast or we can uh, do everything we yeah, can do, do everything, everything. yeah so obviously as a podcast we are that's pod that is d-a-t-s-p-o-d on everything that's spotify that's apple that is twitter that's instagram that is everything soundcloud everything soundcloud yeah everything just search us there and you'll you'll find our socials for sure um individually but we are called don't let the stands (laughs) yes sorry 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 yes yeah i think we met because we mentioned it earlier in the show i thought yeah it's it's self-explanatory now but yes don't alert the stands our actual name. You can find us by that handle as well. Um, 
literally my <laughs> individual is I am in Tyrell on everything. Um, that's Linktree, Instagram, Twitter, um, and then Shopee. Do you want to do yours or do you want me to do it? Um, yeah, you can do it. Okay, Shopee is on everything. Shopee Soetan, that is S-O-P-E-S-O-E-T-A-N. Um, yeah, and Eden McKenzie. Um, what, what, is that? what is his social? He's Eads McKenzie and everything. Yeah, Eads McKenzie so, and everything. So, I did, I, yeah. double E-D-S McKenzie. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah, and so you can cool. listen to our podcasts on yeah, every platform as well. Yes, guys, go and listen to Don't Alert the Stands because amazing, amazing podcast. Top 50. Wasn't you in the top 50 Apple Mute? Was it Apple Podcasts? Yes. Can you see that? Can you see that? I stand. I stand. I stand. Um, but yeah. Um, as you guys know, this is Omar in This Life. You guys know my socials. I sh- no, to be honest, my account got suspended. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, because you, you know, um, the account that I'm tweeting from is Omo in This Life. Yeah. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I had before. I was oh, yeah, your old account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Account, but I'm getting it back. Twitter actually emailed me today saying that um, I'm going to get it back in 10 business days. Yes, I've seen the profile. Free Amoze. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Free Amoze. <laughs> you know what? No, do you know I was so angry? Guess who followed me just who? before I got... Oli Alexander from Years and Years. Wow. I was trying to get him on my podcast and he retweeted, I think he retweeted my tweet of me saying, oh, these are the acts that I want to get on. And he followed me and I DM'd him. But just about, I just got suspended basically after and I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I was going to... so annoying. Yeah, because he he's going to be in a show called... Um, I can't, it, it was called Boys initially, but I think it's, it's now turned into It's a Sin. So it's basically a show about, you know, the AIDS pandemic in, the, in, mm. in Britain. And it's going to be amazing. But yeah. That's, that's uh, good. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, as, yeah. So my app right now is Omo in This Life. Um, by the time, actually, no, I think I'm going to release this next week anyway. Um, but yeah, if you want to chat to me on Omo in This Life, that's my Twitter for now. But as always, socials, um, Instagram, Amoze, O-M-O-Z-A-Y. The same with Twitter, the same with everything else. Um, But yeah, it's been amazing, guys. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, See you guys. Take care. Take care.